0: Well, welcome. This is uh, WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio. I'm very happy you tune in once more for this brand new year of 2024. Uh, David, it's a new, brand new
1: year here. Praise God, yeah. It's uh, looking forward to a great year with you, John. And, uh, you know, I pray all the listeners have a great year filled with God's favor in all areas of their life. Yeah, I hope the ones that have been listening over the past few months or the past year
0: are starting to find their way, too, to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, that's the boy, main thing. That's that's what we yeah. uh, are so grateful for this station. Yeah. It's a platform to get the Word of God out and bring in special guests. You know, we've had uh, missionaries and ministries from around this area, as far away as Down. Europe and mm-hmm. Africa and Thailand and Morocco, and mm-hmm. we hope to see some good... Uh, uh, projects and ministries we want to feature in the coming year. Yeah. But nevertheless, uh, we're here today, and we're going to be looking at the very interesting book that's over and often overlooked in the in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. Your Bible study of the Gospel of John or Ephesians or Psalms. But the book of Ecclesiastes, we're going to look at. And it's, it's my belief that this thing has got, like, it's written 3,000 years ago. Yeah. I think it's by Solomon, who is, of course, the son of King David, in about the year 976. So, it makes it about 3,000 years yeah. from where we sit today. And a very, very interesting book. It has a lot of application and significance to the world, the culture, society that we live in today. And uh, once again, we're, we're very happy to be with WNZN Radio this morning. If you're having any issues with static or you're not getting a signal as strong as you might get it, you can live stream us on your iPad, your computer, your phone. Uh, I use Alexa's. And you can just go to Mm -hmm. www.wnzn.org, wnzn.org, and again that's eighty-nine point one FM on the radio station. So Ecclesiastes, um, the name means uh, essentially means like preacher or call, you know, call an assembly, and somebody's going to speak. And it's kind of the reflections of Solomon about his life, looking Mm -hmm. back on his life. But what, what I think very interesting about this, David, is that back in the 1960s, when America was really going through, tumultuous, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. Vietnam War, college protests, the assassinations, uh, the culture was rapidly changing. And this song came on the radio, and the song was taking, it was the only rock and roll song taken verse by verse from the, the Bible. Wow. And then... Uh, it was considered one of the most iconic songs of the 1960s nah. because it, it captured uh, the whole era, the whole zeitgeist yeah. of that particular time, and uh, and the, what was going on there. So I just want to play this for a minute. Yeah, and, sure. And this is from the Book of Ecclesiastes with one of the most famous songs from the 1960s by the Birds. i <laughs> 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 Do you see, In your <laughs> Do you see Do your I'm a
1: Sometimes it's a the
0: until unto you, until unto that So that's that. like I said, I like that—that that is taken from Ecclesiastes, which we're going to look at today, chapter three, verses one through uh, one through eight, almost word for word. Yeah. And who would have thought that that would become such a uh, number one song in 1965, 1966, but it shows you that the Word of God is powerful. You know, it's a living Word, it's an eternal Word, and it uh, and it has application to our lives today. So, the Book of Ecclesiastes. You notice it starts out; it's only 12 chapters, yeah. but it starts out chapter one. Uh, and if you, you, I don't know if you have it teed up, yeah. I could read it if you don't. It's yeah. chapter one, verses one through three. Yeah, give me a second ecclesiastes one and one through three
1: one through three the word of the teacher son of david king in jerusalem meaningless meaningless says the teacher utterly meaningless everything is meaningless what do people gain from all their labors at
0: which they toll under the sun okay thank you yeah so here he is starting out with really this idea of um he's going to talk about life and does life have meaning? And he introduces us to a lot in these little, number one, it's the words of the preacher, the son of David, the king of Jerusalem, that kind of establishes it's probably Solomon. Uh, They think it is Solomon. And the way this breaks down, we know that when you study the Old Testament, when he was becoming a king, God asked Solomon, what do you want? And he said, I want wisdom Mm. to be a good king and how to be discernful." And so he gets wisdom. And then they think that he wrote the book of Song of Solomon when he was a younger man. It has to do with marriage and love and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And then the book of Proverbs later on, when he's a parent and he's giving advice, particularly to his son, Proverbs says, be wise, my son, and go the straight path, etc. All these rules for living. And then when you come here to Ecclesiastes, it, he may be an old man at this time. Because he's going to review his life and he's going to see a lot of stuff was meaningless and it, when you say um the words of the preacher son of david king of jerusalem yeah the my the king james will say vanity vanity uh then this means um it's going to be used many times at least, uh 38 times and what it means is like um meaningless vapor like smoke it, it has no meaning man's running after vain things vanity they, they don't give meaning or purpose but that's why he says vanity of vanity says the preacher vanity of vanities all is vanity. Look at that. Five times here. Yes. Yeah. this word. Then he says, what profit has a man uh, for all of his labor in which he toils? Now, this is a key verse, under the sun. Yes. Now, that phrase, under the sun, is used 29 times is- in the book of That's a very important one Yeah, to see. And what he goes on to say when he opens this up, uh, where he says in verse 4, one generation passes away, another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and goes down. It hastens to where it is. the wind goes toward the south, turns around north, the wind continues, the river runs to the sea. What he's talking about is that life just continues. Yeah. Almost in a monotonous fashion, he talks about, he talks about uh, the earth abides forever. He talks about the wind, how it circles around the earth. He talks about how rivers run into the sea. And then he talks about man's labor in verse 8. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is never satisfied with seeing, Mm -hmm. nor the ear filled with hearing. He's he's almost like, feels like, well, okay, what's the purpose of life? It's just day, kind of this mundane thing. And he says, there's nothing like new happening if you read verse 9 and 10 of chapter 1. Sure.
1: What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new. It was here already,
0: long ago. It was here before our time. Do you see? So it's kind of like this day by day by day. There's nothing new under the sun. So now he says in verse 12, uh, he says, okay, I'm a preacher. I'm a king over Israel. So you know, he's got wealth. He's got access. No, oh, yeah. He says in verse 13, I will set my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all the things done under heaven. This is a burdensome task God has given to the sons of men by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed, all is vanity and grasping for the wind. In other words, he's saying his vantage point, his perspective, is just natural. Yeah. Under the sun. Yeah. Just what's going on on this uh, on this life, and he says, "I'm going to go on a search for meaning." That's what he says in verse sixteen and seventeen of chapter one. I want to go search want, for meaning. You want to read that? Yeah. I said to myself,
1: look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this, too, is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much
0: sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. So he say, I'm going to look for meaning yeah. in life. I'm looking in knowledge. I'm looking in wisdom. I'm looking. And then he says, That's it. I'm going to just start partying. And that's what he says. And think of modern days now. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 2, yeah. verse 1. I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with mirth and I will enjoy pleasure. Uh, but he says, That's vanity. Then I said, Of laughter, madness, and of mirth, what does it accomplish? Just think of popular culture, David, oh, yeah. with comedians jokes, cynicism, uh, man's kind of like frittering his time away and he's looking for way to fill the days, yeah. all the hours. He says, madness, you know, I'm going to just have yep. parties and I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to let it roll and yeah. all of this kind of stuff. Yep. And he, then he says, he's going to go to intoxicants. Look what it says in verse three. Uh, yeah, look at verse three.
1: I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind's still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under
0: the heavens during the few days of their lives. Now he's going to use intoxicants, see why. Yeah. In other words, I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to look at madness. You know, you consider the whole problem with alcoholism and mm-hmm. drug abuse and just flat-out entertainment. <clears throat> because when you really look at man, how he accesses knowledge, at the real low level, it's entertainment. That's why these video games are so popular and, you know, all these things to kind of distract us, TV, 24-7, I don't know, 600 channels now. So the next level up from just entertainment is information. We live in an information college. We want to exchange information. We do it extremely quickly. There's many of these uh, sites out there, how you obtain information quicker and quicker. Now we're going with artificial intelligence. The next level up from that, you start with entertainment, next level Information, and then you come to information, uh, inspiration. This is where you have in popular culture, like Jordan Peterson, Dennis Prager, uh, Ben Shapiro, Mm -hmm. even Joe Rogan. These influencers, people want some inspiration. They want to know how to live life better, how to, you know. And then up above that, we're going to see is where you get transformational data, and that would be what we're doing here: is looking at the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So, but most people live at the lowest level. Of just the entertainment. Am I right? Absolutely. Think about it. Absolutely.
1: You know you know, it's um I, I really like what Solomon wrote, you know, that was in Ecclesiastes one nine that you said he was emphasizing the cyclic nature of human life on earth and that emptiness of living only for the rap race. You know, it the the activity of a man during his lifetime is lost, regardless of the things he 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 accomplishes. How many presidents do we do we have listed in our head? That we oh, yeah, remember. Right, right. And you're not going to be able to take a, uh, a U-Haul behind your hearse and pull it down the street and carry it with you to the next life. So it really is the, the life we're living without God is futile. That's what I'm doing. Without Him, yeah. it's meaningless. Right. It, and when you look at what Solomon had, he had everything: opulence, power, fame, land. Yeah, mature. That's he had, what he's going to He had everything, anybody, wisdom. That anybody could desire, and he realized it was, it was
0: for not. Yeah. It meant nothing. Couldn't in it. Fill, nothing yeah. out here in the temporal right. can fulfill that which is internal. And and, mm-hmm. and so he's trying all this kind of partying and intoxicants, but then look what he does in chapter 2. He's going to yeah. try something different. Look at verse 4 uh, through 8. Yep. Now
1: he's going to try something different. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more birds and flax than anyone in Jerusalem before me.
0: Look at that. Unbelievable. And, and he just... You know, in matter of fact, in verse 10, he says, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. He was probably one of the wealthiest men in the world. And he's just, now he's going to materialism. Mm-hmm. He's building uh, houses and extensions on houses. He's got uh, farmland, well, he, yards, Servants. Servants. What's well, again, if you see this going on today, you know, people, these aren't bad things in themselves. But when they become yeah. the biggest thing in one's life, um, they, they cannot satisfy ultimately. And you see this all around, yeah. where people are going here, and they say somebody's well described. They say in America we're the only people uh, in the world. In many ways, uh, we don't know what we when we go shopping. We don't know what we want until we see it. Yeah. Whereas in third world countries, they have to go and they got to get a pound of rice and some vegetables. If we don't know what we want, am I right? That's the whole thing with advertising. The other thing is, mm-hmm. is debt. Because of this materialism, yes. Yes. more and more people get into debt, and they say Americans have the issue of, of buying things they don't need. Yes, to bring they people afford. they don't like. Yeah, and, and with money they don't have, so that you get this credit card debt just kind of snowballing. Yeah, and we see that with young kids getting out of college, they're burdened with the, mm-hmm. the, the college debt that might go twenty years down the road. And that, but this whole thing with materialism—if yeah. I can get the newer thing, the better thing, the bigger thing then somehow my life is going to have meaning the the
1: the real issue I mean when I take a look at the two rooms I was in uh I was I was part of this I was the earthbound perspective before I came to the Lord uh-huh. it was all about what was here on the earth, what could I gather what could I accomplish And then when you become a follower of Christ, you jump into the other room, which broadens your horizons immensely and then you see a much bigger, feel it's an endless feel that you can harvest and be a part of in a good way yeah right it has nothing to do with material gain yeah. it's all about spiritual gain you're about your walk with Christ and what you're going to be able to accomplish by being a follower of Christ yeah right and, mean, and it's unlimited
0: so it's unlimited.
1: it's unlimited versus the other room I was in which is limited
0: yeah right yeah, yeah. it is transitory that's what that's what he means by vanity. It's transitory. It's like catching smoke. Grabbing it, you think it's real. And it just doesn't, These again, these aren't bad things. That's why Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these other things shall be added to you. But just to get materialism for the sake of just increasing materialism, it's a little like, I'm going to read from Luke chapter um, 12, this famous parable Jesus gives in Luke chapter 12 about just gaining wealth for the sake of wealth. And he says, um, chapter 12, he says. That's Luke, chapter 12. It's called the parable of the rich fool. Mm. He's, he says, um, okay, he says, take verse 15, chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness. That, no, that's what Solomon is talking about, is just getting more and more and more and more. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Then he gave this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Okay, no problem there. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he had a real good harvest, okay, a real good yield. Probably worked hard to get that. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store up all my crops and my goods. So he's got to increase he uh, thus far, he's done nothing wrong. I mean, he's a good steward. He's probably a good farmer. He's building bigger and bigger silos. Yeah, it, it's like a person that has an expanding business. Then it says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. See, he's has guy got enough stuff. I got the secure future. Yeah, take it easy. Now, eat, drink and be merry. In other words, just like Solomon says, I'm going to eat, drink and just have a great time. But, see, there's the problem. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Because if you look, in a sense, he did nothing wrong as a business guy. He got bigger and bigger. But notice the number of times he used the pronoun I. I did this. I have no room for me. I will do this. I will pull down. I will store the crops. I will say to my soul, I, I, he forgot God. Yeah. He forgot God. And, if, and that's why God says, you fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then who, whose will these things be? Who's going to get all this stuff? So he is, he lay up treasure in heaven, Jesus is saying, because why? Because the most important thing you possess is your soul. The most important thing a man possesses is not his business, is not his bank account, his retirement plan. I'm not saying those are important. Those are But the most important thing we own is our soul. That's why Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And how many people have we see that in popular celebrities and famous people and rich people, their lives are in shambles and they don't think about, boy, what's, I mean, you think about, let's say, President Kennedy, okay, November 22nd, 1963. He got in that limousine. I used to live in Dallas, I know, right where he went on daily Plaza. He goes into, he thinks, I'm running for re-election. I'm gonna get I got a beautiful wife and a family and I got all this power and influence. Yeah, boom boom. Boom boom. It's all over. It's over. You know, it's all over. You see, uh, the Mm -hmm. life is (laughs) so transitory. Mm -hmm. But like you said, David, the beauty of being a Christian, yeah, you can enjoy the good things in life. Why? Because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things it's what I call get the top button on your shirt right. So if you got a shirt you get the top button right, all the other buttons kind of line up. If you get the top button wrong, no button can line up. Yeah. So if you don't have a proper relationship with God, these things about family and wealth and future, they're out of alignment. They are. And, you know, I'm even
1: thinking about if you're married, you know, when I was alone, you know, I, I would, you know, take a lot of hikes. I would look at nature. I'd say, this is really beautiful. But when you have a spouse that you love with you, mm-hmm. that for you is even more enhanced because you're enjoying it with somebody else. When you add God is your third strand to your marriage, it goes exponentially oh, and yeah. greater. Yeah. And so it, it's uh, Solomon, you know, when you are, it's kind of like when I think of, when I think of this, I was thinking of the movie jungle book wow. and you, you know, um, you know the snake with the eyes, and he's putting uh, the jungle boy in in the trance. That's that's what the earthly, uh, the earthbound view does, and that's what the enemy does. Yeah, he puts you in that trance so you don't focus on building the strength of your spirit. and yeah. in your relationship with Christ. Yeah, and that's what you have to fight against. Sure. Every day you have to fight against that, and if you're taking drugs and you're taking alcohol every day or on the weekends, and it's increasing in duration and amount, that's when you know you've got to figure this out quick. Okay. Otherwise, you will be lost, you will be close to death, and you're not going to be counting your portfolio, stock prices, or valuation. You're going to be looking for your savior, and it's going to be too late. It, you know, it, you you really have to... You, you know, John, and I, I'm thinking of all these people where we're extending life, for male and female from previous years, and everybody focuses. I got plenty of time left yeah, oh to yeah. sit in my rocking chair, yeah. grab my Bible. There's no guarantee no. that you and I have talked about this. There is no guarantee you're going to have that time.
0: You don't know. You don't know. Today is the day. That's right. Today is the day. And, you know, it's it's sad when you consider some of these famous people. Right. I'm thinking of Elvis Presley, Whitney Houston. Well, oh, no, no. I actually laid that up. They, yeah. They, there's no getting around. They had a God-given gift of singing right. and voice, uh-huh. and then they trained it. No getting around that. But the the world, these things. that yes. uh, Solomon's talking about three thousand years ago yeah. uh, of folly and wine and song and 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 having a great time and just thinking life is going to go on like this forever. And they were just they all, their lives were cut short, way too short, like forty years yeah. old or forty-five years old. And gone. why? Because they thought in this world, under the sun, look, I'm having a great time, everything's yes. going around. But it, later on in this, Ecclesiastes, he's going to show the real meaning of life and how to have life purpose. But when you talk about a meaningless culture, that's why we're at today. And the, even the doctors are saying mm-hmm. the high rates of anxiety, depression, and suicides, even for younger people, is increasing because they lack a sense of meaning yeah. and purpose. I mean, there's, I looked up number of, of famous people that
1: committed suicide, like the top 100 and, you know, and then I also looked up those that tried to commit suicide. So some of the, you know, the big ones, you look at Naomi Judd, you look at, um, uh, uh they, the, there, there's, a, the, there's, a, yeah, Erma's. Yeah. I, I never knew that he, he did that. Yeah. Benjamin Koo the grandson of Elvis, Olympic Bob Slutter, um, the, there's there's so much wealth um, here. Uh, there's do, do you know some you want to list? Well, just that, um, who was the famous chef
0: that traveled the world? Boudin? What was his name? He, he, he committed. Yeah, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, um, you don't know. I mean, these are troubled people. It could have Riel been. And been Mano, yeah. Um, Freddie
1: Prince Jr. Um, you know, Robin Williams is that's another that's big that's
0: one. That's you one. know, yeah. and so you're going on and on and on. But again, it's sad because um, all these people are all talented, and they have yeah. money, and they have celebrity, and they have all this stuff. But there, there, there wasn't. They were, they were living what the, the Ecclesiastes calls under the sun. Yeah, and he, he says it all is vanity. And, all is vanity. And then you look at the
1: people that tried to commit suicide: Drew Barrymore, Elton John, uh, Halle Berry, um, Owen Wilson, uh, Diana, Princess of Wales, uh, Johnny Cash. I mean the list goes on and on tina turner um it's eminem uh, elizabeth taylor that i mean Ozzy osborne it goes on and on and so you got to ask yourself it you, you know that they went to alcohol drugs or whatever because it it's it's just what they were lacking so like king solomon that their life was futile, they realized once they got to the top of the pyramid. Yeah, what was gonna
0: fill it yeah. more. And it's true. And and that that's what Solomon's gonna say here. Yeah. But he's gonna to touch on this thing about um death. And if you look at this chapter two, the suddenness of death we were just talking about, in verse sixteen, he says, There is no more remembrance of the wise man or of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. But how does a wise man die as the fool? So we say Look, death is the great leveler. You know, the, yeah. everybody's going to die. And and he, he's making this idea of that. So what are you going to give your life to? Right. It's going to be the purpose of life. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing me. Because why? He, he's saying here that death is inevitable. And look at verse 18, 18 through 20. And in book two. Uh, ch- chapter two, yeah.
1: I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and
0: skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. Do you see what he's saying here? Yeah. Not only I'm working and doing all this hard work and mm-hmm. working like seven days a week or something, then I die. Who's going to get it? Who are you leaving it? To? Who are you leaving it to? Right. You know they yeah. might, like he left it to his son, uh, yeah. Solomon. doing and he mm-hmm. split the kingdom, mm-hmm. the Davidic king, You
1: know, the, and they could destroy all the work of your labor anywhere. Work. And and your name's going to be forgotten in ten
0: years anyway. So what did all that stuff mean? And he's saying, yeah, you won't. I mean, who won the Super Bowl four years ago? Yeah. You know, what I mean, I mean, who? <laughs> it's like listing out the presidents. I, I don't I can't list them all. I I don't remember because that's how yeah. time passes on. It is like a wave. That comes up on the seashore, you know. You got your footprints there. You walk on, then it goes out, and the footprints are gone, right? And the wave comes back in, and the wave goes back out. And life is like that. But he's going to get us to the point as we move towards the end of the program. He's going to show where is their meaning in life. Now, there's a very famous book Mm -hmm. written by a man named Viktor Frankl. It's it's considered one of the most top five books in at least in the past century. And this man. Was in a concentration camp in Germany, Jewish. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Psychiatrist, right? And he he survived it, of course, and came to America, but he talked about the experience in the camp. He says, "You could all have the same experience, and it was terrible. It was just terrible experience of, yeah. of death and the famine and the mm-hmm. mistreatment." But he says, "Those that had hope, they knew that you could control my and beat my body, but not my mind." And then those that said there's a new day coming, or one day I'll get out of this. Even though they might have not, but he says that that gave their life meaning. The ones that didn't have that meaning, they would die. It actually, of and he wrote this famous book, "Man's Search for Meaning." Yeah, and it's kind of like a takeoff on here what Ecclesiastes Solomon is saying way back here. So he's saying, now he's going to some. He goes through these kind of musings, or you can almost see this guy sitting in a rock and yeah. talking, right? So. Then he says in verse 22, for what, what, what has a man for all his labor and for the striving of his heart, which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days are sorrowful and his work burdensome, even the, the night his heart takes no rest. In other words, a lot of people don't sleep well because they're thinking about their business and their investments, right? Gosh, yeah. He says now he's going to sum it up and come to a conclusion. Look at verse 24.
1: A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God.
0: There it is. That's a very important point. He's going to start putting embedded these little advice here. He's saying, "So what? What, what can I do? Well, enjoy the moment. Yeah. Uh, enjoy mm-hmm. sitting down and having a good meal, mm-hmm. a drink. Uh, enjoy your work, what you do. You know, find enjoyment in that. Because why? You're dedicating it to God." First, you see it as a gift of God that we could even have food. Yes. That's the key now. Now, it's no longer just under the sun, a human perspective. It's it's a perspective from yeah. God's point right. of view. Yeah. So if I view the fact that we're just sitting here. We drove here. We came in on our own two legs, not in a wheelchair. We have meaningful labor to do. We have friends. We're going to enjoy a meal together. That's from God. If I don't think it's from yeah. God, I might think I'm in a hamster's wheel. I'm just going yeah. to go get one. And that's more. why we pray before every meal. Yeah. To the dogs. Right?
1: Because, God. you know, it's all. And, and also, Rowan and I, uh, when we pray every night together, we close with the Our Father. Yeah, that's good. Which also, you know, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be that. Name. You You go through that, but you also are thankful for the food and everything he provides. Exactly. Right. You know what? I think. I like being in the moment that way when you're praying yeah, because you realize why you're here, what's your purpose in life, and the fact that you need his protection Oh yeah, in this world because this earthbound world, the enemy is flying all over, is his domain. Yeah. We gave him the keys in the garden, Adam and Eve did, and uh, until, you know, now Jesus has won, so we have eternal life, but he told us we're still going to have trouble in this world because the enemy is still
0: flying around. Well, yeah. I mean, John 10, 10 says, right. The enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. He wants to rob what? Your health, mm-hmm. your mental well-being, mm-hmm. get you on drugs. Mm-hmm. He comes to do rob, kill, yeah, kill people through suicide, depression, all this, kill a marriage and destroy, mm-hmm. destroy a marriage, destroy a friendship. But on the same verse, mm-hmm. Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life, yeah. salvation, right. but life more abundantly. abundantly. Right. So just what you described, yeah. praying together, seeing answers to yeah. prayer, having a purpose in yeah. life, using time, town, treasure to lay up treasure in heaven, to be an influencer yeah. for good in the lives of children yeah. and people you meet. Yeah. This is powerful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because now you're not looking just in an existential, just under the sun. You're looking at it from God's perspective. Right. He flips. He's, he's getting that, wisdom here. You know what? And I never really studied this book much,
1: John, till the show. And I yeah. told you that. Um, And then, you know, when I start thinking about the secular world that I was in prior to 14 years ago and the walk I had that Marilyn, you know, bringing me to find you and uh, my walk with you, your mentorship, you know, the, the thing I feel really sad about is I think about all the people on the other side of the fence that I have known over my life. Right. And I'm trying to talk to them about this stuff. And in some cases... They're they're they kind of snicker, yeah. Like, what are you, Jesus freak? Yeah, are you this? Are you that? You know, enjoy your life, man. Life's too short. And so, if you have a book like this that you can share with one of probably the wealthiest man in the world at the time, sure, at least one of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, then doggone it, you know, hopefully, see what I'm trying to think of is ways to show them what they're missing, yeah without rubbing it in their face. And and so as we try and think this through as followers of Christ, that's really our main mission is to create disciples and to follow Christ's commandments and to fear God. Yeah, right. And a lot of what goes on today, from my perspective, there is no fear of God. A good they, they just think they're going to coast and they're just going to shoot into heaven if they go to church once a week a good and accept yeah. communion. Yeah. Man, that that was me, though. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. Right. Um, And you are missing life. You know, here's the thing. What do you get from all the alcohol and drugs and intoxication, a hangover? Yeah. And then you you feel bad for 24, 48 hours. When you're following Christ, you are high on Christ. And it's a bigger high than any drug, any alcohol, any pornography, any sex, anything else, any trips you could take. And you start to see his hedge of protection and the miracles that occur in your life, oh, yeah. on a weekly,
0: monthly, yeah. yearly basis, yeah. No, yeah. miracle. The benefits are yeah. resounding. You bring up a good yeah. So that's the life more abundantly, right? And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, this book, three thousand years old, is like twenty first century. Yeah, right now, right here, right here today. And then I like what he says in verse twenty six: For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy, right, to a man who is good in His sight. Now, who wouldn't want wisdom, knowledge, and joy? How do we get it? He says, yeah. right before God. Right. And so, it,
1: w- with our show, what you just said, I'm thinking about all the missionaries we have interviewed. Oh, yeah. When I went up to WAC, when the markets crashed, uh-huh. the mission organ, yeah. <laughs> and I'm up there and I'm sitting with, you know, 10 people going to the, all different places around the globe. And I said, What are you going to bring with you? Well, I got my backpack and I got my Bible, I got my, hygiene, my toothbrush and a change of clothes, and a coat. And I thought to myself, wow. And here I am, and you're like, tell them about your company. I'm like, I'm not going to tell them about my company. That's meaningless compared... But they were so happy. They had nothing except their love and the fact that they were followers of Christ, which shows you that's everything. That's yeah, everything. That's everything. Yeah. And and that opened my eyes like you can't believe, and I remember what, what your wife Marie said. She goes... We were sitting eating. We had Koreans. We had guy from Belgium. We had somebody from Africa. And she goes, "This is what heaven's gonna look
0: like." Well, all these different people. It's true in a sense that uh, yeah, every tongue, every nation, every right. tongue, every family around the throne room of God. But you're right. right. What the not just missionaries, quote unquote yeah. missionaries, but yeah, whoever de- dedicates their life to God yeah. and, and gives Him the glory. That's entrepreneurship, investor, journalist college football right. coach right um right but, but then the, what the key there is it, it says in corinthians yeah. whether you eat or drink do all to the glory of god right that's your key because you're not living under the sun anymore right. you're living under the not the sun but the son you're under living under jesus now
1: all of us have our places followers of christ I, I agree with you we don't have to be missionaries mm. we can be entrepreneurs we can be missionaries like you mm. we can be professors at a university. Doctors at a hospital, nurses, painters. Well, we all have our, our um field yeah. to do good and to create disciples. But that really from where I was oh. in, in the place I was in with the crash, that opened my eyes. Oh, I see, yeah, sure. That 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 oh. was that was like a huge shot of penicillin, like an enormous like to a go, fire that, hose to sit the yeah.
0: One. I mean how about the fellow that traveled the world with his little bag of tools. That's right.
1: That that, that was the Irishman that goes from one wet facility to the next, and he had his five-gallon bucket, and he repairs, you know, plaster and roofs and, you know, plumbing and electrical. And he sat down and talked to me, and he was the happiest guy. He didn't know where he was going to be next month. John, and he was talking to me, and that's when I realized, how blessed am I to be here? How blessed am I to be sitting here talking about, all these missionaries with you as my mentor, with all these other people in the world that I, here I am from where I was. And I thought the God wanted me to see all that. Yeah, that's good. Um, Because that's a good, and and some, and some people need a kick in the teeth to get off this path. Yeah. I mean, like I was knocked to the ground. Like I did. I needed to get kicked in the teeth and thrown on my face to have my eyes open up.
0: Yeah. No, um, you know, it's interesting. People might be listening right now to the radio yeah. and our program, and uh, we're all in the same boat. You know, right. David, all of us had to come to that moment in time. And mm-hmm. like you say, it required really like a lightning bolt for you. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. for the Apostle Paul, he was knocked to the ground. Yeah. Some of us went through right. it, it was the dark night of the soul. Others accept Christ on a bright and sunny day, like your children or mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. He's just on a walk with his friends, and they explain <laughs> the gospel. <laughs> and it, My point being that, but there's, there's many ways. To come to Jesus, you know, you come, you know, just by rationale or a young child like my daughter did or through a prison cell and you're going through issues <laughs> and you call like Chuck Colson. Right. But there's only one way to come to God. And that's through Jesus. There's many ways to Jesus, but only one way to God. And, and I think that's a very important point. But once you do and you quote unquote sell out and you just say, I want to live for him or try to do the best I can do and be in his word mm-hmm. and be part of a church community. And 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 allow His Holy Spirit to sanctify me, you know, to, to get rid of this and to, and she uh, you know, I've been a believer now over fifty years, and I never look back. I never look back, and I just keep moving forward. And because God is in control, and He's blessed your life and my life, we see it now in our children and grandchildren, and. That's what this guy in Ecclesiastes to get back here is dealing with. Yeah, sure. Then he's going to come to the part of the song, if you could read chapter three, verses one, you know, it goes through one through eight, but he talks about all this contrast, you know, time to- What do you want me to read it? You can read some of them, yeah,
1: all through one through eight. Sure. There is a time for everything, and this was the song you played, Uh and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stone and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. That was the inspiration for the song. That's by the incredible.
0: That I never was, do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the 1960s. It was and that so, was a, such a catchy was, song. Was, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he right. says, and he says, this, this is what I see. And he says in verse 10, I have seen that the God-given task with which the sons of men are made to be occupied. He, now, notice verse 11. This is very important. He has made everything beautiful in its time. If we, like you said, walking through nature, mm-hmm. seeing life, be observing. But it also says this, he has put eternity in their hearts. See, within every man there's this idea, uh, you know, if there's something eternal in us because we're made in the image of God. Yeah, We have this longing knowing that there's more to life than just yeah. what we have here. Right? Am I right? Oh. Uh, people can muffle that and they can stifle that and they can distract themselves and, and drug themselves out or get drunk all the but there is this eternity in our heart that causes us to long for something more. Yes. You know, we're, we're created for transcendence. Right. We're, we're, there's, right. what is it? You know, and I remember a famous interview. People can go to it on uh, YouTube, 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Bill Bradley, I, I forget who his name His yeah. yeah. interview with Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom Brady, yeah. it's about 10 years ago. He says, that interview. He says, look, he says, at that time, I think he had three Super Bowl yeah. rings. Yeah. He's very wealthy, mm-hmm. married you know, to a world class yeah. model or whatever. Yeah. I think he have two to three children. Yeah. He says he says to him quite honestly, he says, Look, I've got everything. He says, I, I he goes, but is that it? Is that all there is? You yeah. know, I mean yeah. and the guy in the interviewer says, Well, what do you mean? He goes, Well, oh, what it's like, is this all there is? Yeah. You know, what more can I do? Get another Super Bowl ring? But he didn't know if he could have read the book of Ecclesiastes. None of those things he did was wrong. I don't think they were sinful. He was a good athlete. But he left out God. He was a little like the parable we read. The the barns got bigger and bigger, and they got more and more Super Bowl rings and stuff. But if you leave out God, what's the purpose? Because you're going to spend your eternity somewhere. Why not spend it with God, but start spending it with God right here, right now? And he says, then he starts talking about judgment. If you look at chapter 3, verse 16 through 17.
1: 16 through 17, and I saw something else under the sun, in the place of judgment, wickedness was there, in the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity,
0: a time to judge every deed. Now, this is important because now he's saying uh, there's a coming judgment, Yeah. okay, so it's not just everything going on on this planet. Everything we do. Everything we do. Matter of fact, Jesus says we'll give an account for every idle word we spoke. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, we see this idea of a judgment is coming. Now, that can be a frightful thing, you know. Yeah. Or it could be a pleasant thing because we know we got rewards coming if for faithful service here. But now he's orienting himself. Do you see this, David? Yeah. Not just things on this earth. Right. Not just with temporal things. But now he's saying, okay, he's established there is a God. Yes. He's given us gifts. But now there's this judgment. He's going to repeat this later on. We don't have many minutes left in the joke. But uh, we're going to see. He's kind of saying uh, now, even a fool who works really hard in chapter 4, now he switches gears a little bit, but he says, uh, uh, verse 4, Again, I saw that toil, and every skillful work of man is envied by his neighbor. This also is vanity. It's grasping for the the wind. The fool... Folds his hands and consumes his own flesh. Better a, uh, a handful with quietism, the hands full together and toiling, grasping. He's saying, They work, they work hard, but for what? He says, Verse 7 Then I returned, I saw vanity under the sun. There is no. There is one alone without companion. He has neither son nor brother. Uh, yet there is no end of all his labor, nor is I satisfied with riches. He never asks, For whom do I toil? And deprive myself of good. Yeah. In other words, yeah. what am I doing? I'm, it's like a hamster's wheel. That's right. I keep running. I get more and more. I'm going to work longer and longer. It's a race. For what? Yeah. The rats win. Somebody, they used to work be a bumper sticker. Yeah. Uh, he who dies with the most toys wins. But no, he who has the most, that, that he's going to die. And the guy that doesn't have toys mm-hmm. is going to die. and Somebody else is going to get your toys. That's right. That's what Ecclesiastes say it. We're going to lose our souls
1: by chasing the earthbound activities and targets and goals. Exactly. And that's really, that's what, that's what I needed to see to change. And, you know, I, I think when, you know, when you are, when things are kind of going smooth in your life in the secular world, it's like, why do you, why do you need something else? Yeah. And that's really where you're getting poisoned. You're getting sidetracked by the enemy. He doesn't want you to look at the other side of the fence your spiritual side, which is the eternal side. And, you know, one of the big things to remember is when you're thinking of 70 years compared to eternity, yeah. he has got a smoke screen around you. He's brainwashing you and giving you some of the stuff you need to be comfortable and feel good, but it's meaningless. You're going to lose your soul, and I think that's really what what King Solomon is trying to
0: convey here. Yeah. Now, he, he does give us these instances where he's saying, Hey, heads up, listen to this. Now he's going to talk the importance of friendship and fellowship. If you look at chapter 4, verse 9, 9 through
1: 11. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not of these That's what you we were just talking. Exactly about. right. You and I were just talking about that. Going into the wilderness,
0: having your wife, and then adding Christ to the mix. That's it. Yeah. So here's the importance of fellowship. Don't be a loner. Don't be. And it's particularly important for Christians. Be in communities, right? Group in your church, right. and uh, he's giving good, good advice now. And yeah. then, then he's going to say. Uh, Yeah, we don't have time, but he goes through this whole thing of of, of, if you get celebrity, if you get famous, what does it matter? They're going to forget about you. Chapter five, he's going to talk about wealth, where he's seen, you know, riches and silver and gold. And then you leave it. And it says in verse 15 of chapter five, as he came from his mother's womb naked, so he shall return uh, to go as he came. He shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry. You never see, uh, you know. A bank, uh, you know, a kind of a a casket is is empty. You can't put anything in there. Nothing's going to benefit the, the the you know the corpse when he dies. Yeah, you can't take it with you. You don't see a Brinks truck following a hearse in a funeral procession. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. You know, he says, "What, what, 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 what a good is it?" That's why Jesus says, "Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Use what you got here to share the gospel to help poor, but use it wisely because you're going to have a reward in heaven." Yeah. And then uh, we're going to finish up on this lap, last chapter. But here's, we could actually do more shows on this. This is how powerful this little thing. But yeah. now he's going to talk about, where are you? Uh, chapter 12. Well, we're going to do the end of chapter 11. Oh. But he's going to give, like he summing up his life here. He said, here's what I've learned. He, let me, I went through all these experiences and wealth and fame and parties and da, 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 da. But here's where I end up. And he's, here's his advice to youth. Chapter 11. Verse uh, 7 and 8. Okay.
1: 11, 7 and 8. Uh-huh. Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However, many years anyone may live. How many, however, many years anyone may live? Let them enjoy them all, but let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many,
0: everything to come and meaningless. Okay. So now he's saying, He's saying he's even saying sunshine is nice. You see, I like how he says that light is sweet and pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. Uh It's a nice thing to behold it, but you don't get all your meaning to life from under the sun. In other words, just living on this planet. He says, but then he says, the days are coming when you won't be youthful and your, your youth is going to come to an end. He says in verse nine, rejoice, O young man, in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know this, that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. He's even saying to young person, live life, enjoy your life, but remember, live righteously because God will judge you. That will remove sorrow from your heart. Put away evil from your flesh. And then he says, very key point here, Verse chapter 12, verse 1, remember now the Creator in the days of your youth. That's when you want to develop yep. your relationship with God. And that was our situation, David. We we came to the table not late, but later. Yeah, you know, I was twenty seven at the time. Yeah. But, but we were just like out there meandering around. I like, arrived later. <laughs> we're just like meandering around. Um, it's too bad we didn't get more of the scripture growing up. You know, like uh, what a... I know, I know. Uh, but now he says he talks about youth, but he says in verse one, difficult days will come. Now he's going to describe in in a metaphor or poetic language, old age. He says. And the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. In other words, you're not, don't have that vitality anymore. You're more tired. He says, while the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened. The older you get, the dimmer your eyesight get. You right. That's but, what he's talking about. But, you
1: know, you and I were just at this event, uh, not to cut you off. With uh, this church planning group, ICM, yes. and there was that 80-some-year-old oh, yeah, guy yeah, 90, with yeah. the vigor of a 20-year-old yeah, well, yeah. traveling around the globe by himself, as happy as a claim. the joy of the Lord. About, yeah. Right. So, and he's staying young because of that.
0: Yeah. You, but anyway, you that's not the, yeah. And the clouds do not return after. Then he says, in the days when the keepers of the house tremble, that means your your frame is trembling, right. your, your arthritis maybe, and the strong men bow down. You maybe have a hunch in your back. And when the grinders cease because they are few, that's your teeth, losing teeth. See how he's talking about in poetic form, Mm -hmm. old age is coming out, it's creeping in. Those who look through the window grow dim, that's your eyes. Remember the windows are the eyes of the soul. When the doors are shut in the street and the sound of grinding is low, when one rises up at the sound of, maybe your sleep isn't that good, even a a little sound could wake you, and the daughters of music are brought low. Also, they are afraid of height. And the tears of the way, you're afraid to even go out tripping, falling. Do you see this? Thing? really interesting, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. It says, when the almond tree blossoms, that the almond tree, when it blossoms, it's white. And then you get the white hair, gray hair. Yeah. You see this aging. When the grasshopper is a burden and desire falls. A grasshopper is usually hopping, but when he's weakened or the sun is too hot, he's limping along. He's just, it's like old days, right? All this beautiful language. It is. And desire fails. A man goes to his eternal home, and the mourner there's your funeral, and the mourners go. Isn't that beautiful language about old age? Yeah. It's not like a fearful thing. He's yeah. just saying this is what's going to happen. But notice then he describes the Bible, the, the the separation of the soul and the body. He says, "Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered." Probably the heart stopping. Nervous system shuts down. All these, the golden bowl, the silver pitch, all of these things, the wheel is broken at the well. Your heart starts circulating. pump. Uh, then dust will return to the earth as it was, but the spirit will return to God who gave it. Mm-hmm. So the body were created out of the dust of the earth, goes down into the grave, but the spirit goes. You know, I,
1: I was just thinking, I, I like action movies. I was thinking of the Avenger, the Iron Man with his... Power source yeah. in his chest. To me, I visualize that that's our spirit. And and he strengthened it by getting new power sources. He created a new um metal and you know, new energy source. Yeah. And the when you strengthen your spirit by being in the word, by being around other people, it's very similar. It's akin to that Iron Man oh, yeah. uh example where he enhances his power source to do more good things. And, you know, without without God, there is no salvation. And when you think about it, the world under the sun without him is frustrating, cruel, unfair, brief, and utterly meaningless. Yeah, that's the salvation. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm just so thankful that we are together, that I am finding the Lord. And I pray for every listener and all these secular people
0: that are not there yet, that they have an opportunity to do the same. Well, exactly right. Good yeah. point. So here's how he sums it all up. Yeah, we'll, we'll start yep. wrapping this up there. He says, um, he basically says a really good teacher. It says in verse nine, moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge and they pondered and sought out his proverbs and they, they wanted to learn uh, this wisdom. So here he sums up his life. I love this. Verse 13, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Everything he's talked about. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Fear God. And keep his commandments. There it is. Fear God. What's the little children sing in Sunday school? Trust and obey. There's no other way. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Yeah. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including secret things, whether good or evil. So fear God. Keep his commandments. Obey him. And realize there's a coming judgment. Orient your life like that.
1: And it says fear God. It doesn't say fear the enemy. Because Jesus has overcome the enemy. Right. He's the victor. He's the king of kings. So why would it? What is holding you back from following the king of kings? Yeah, right. The leader of the universe. He has no rival. And, and then you have you have safety under his wings, your family, your network, your friends.
0: You know what gets me, David, is people go to all these outlets yeah. uh, for information. Oprah Winfrey. Right. Dr. Oz fill. Yeah. All this, and they're looking, how, what's life about? What right. does it have meaning? Does it, go to these things 3,000 right. years ago. I'll leave with this last verse where yeah. it says, it, this is in Jeremiah mm-hmm. chapter 9, verse 23. Right. Maybe somebody in the audience are listening today, this applies to you. Yes. It's great advice. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the strong man glory in his strength, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Notice this. They said that this is like GQ magazine. You're, you're smart. You're influential. You got, you're got you strong. You work out a lot. You got wealth. You got. He says, that's not what you should focus on. He says, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. That's a summation of the Ecclesiastes. So anyone listening today, thank you again for tuning in. It's a great way to kick off the new year. And maybe you've never come to this point where you've even considered God. And maybe you, you feel life is just monotonous or maybe this year is, yeah. you're not that hopeful. But I tell you, there is hope in God and through Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to just pray to God in the quietness of your own yeah. room and ask God to reveal himself to you. And and if you've never read the Bible, I would definitely get a Bible. You can get them online now and just, you know, only like five dollars at the bookstore. But I would start with the Gospel of John and reading one chapter per day, and then find a good Bible believing mm-hmm. teaching church, big or small, but then be part of that. And you will grow. You yeah. will grow spiritually, Amen. and life will take on, as right. David said, a whole new. It's almost like going from high, from black and white TV mm-hmm. to high definition or something. You know, life changes. Yeah. Takes out a whole new meaning. That's right. Uh, So God bless you. And uh, David, you want to just close it out? Yeah, I just
1: want to say, make this the the year for the Lord in your life. Uh, It'll be the best year you ever had. So um, have a great weekend, everybody. God bless and thanks for listening. Have a great year. God bless you all.